Hawkeye fans, get ready. It's time for the Hawkeye Nation radio show, powered by the Polk County iClub on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM and now 106.3 FM, KXNO. And welcome to the HawkeyeNation.com radio show here on 106.3 KXNO and the Hawkeye Nation podcast network. My name is Andrew Downs. I am joined as I always am by my good friend, our fearless leader at HawkeyeNation.com. It's Joe Schmelko. What's up, Joe? Hey, buddy. How you doing, man? Hey, six and one. Got to be happy about that. Great day in uh, Kinnick for the women's basketball team. And we got beautiful weather uh, with uh, the big Minnesota game coming uh, on Saturday. Feeling so, good, like man. It. Yeah, all, all, all things all things coming up us right now. And, and yeah, it really feels like a, a flip has switched uh, on this Hawkeye football team, or at least the narrative around this team, how, how fans feel about it. And uh, we'll get into all that. We'll, we'll look back at the, the win over Wisconsin, as Joe said, the 6-1 and one record. And we'll start to preview the big game uh, against Minnesota this weekend back home for Floyd of Rosedale. Uh, try to keep that eight-game win streak going against Minnesota. They haven't won in Kinnick since 19. 1999, which is kind of hard to believe. I bet there are some people listening to us who weren't born the last time Minnesota beat Iowa inside Kinnick Stadium. We'll get to all that here on the HawkeyeNation.com radio show as we move through the hour. But uh, you mentioned it there, Joe, and I did want to start there and, and touch on the crossover at Kinnick and just how cool of an event that was. I mean, when they announced it, we kind of thought, hey, th- this has potential to be something really cool. Um we learned all the stories about it. It was Lisa Bluter's idea. She came to Beth Getz with it after the Final Four last year and, and, and really kind of wanted to see what this team, this program, this fan base, and, and this hype around Caitlin Clark, deserved hype around Caitlin Clark, could could do. And what it could do is put 55,000 people into Kinnick Stadium to watch a, a women's basketball exhibition against DePaul. Um, the visuals of this were amazing. The the stage that it, it provided uh, these women were, were super cool. The two hundred $150,000 to the Children's Hospital raise from ticket sales uh, is awesome to see them do the wave and, and all of that kind of stuff. And then, I mean, Caitlin Clark is just always worth the price of admission. She she uh, never disappoints. She put up a triple-double uh, you know, on a windy day inside Kinnick Stadium. Just all around an A-plus event, such a cool, uh, a cool thing that happened on Sunday afternoon inside Kinnick Stadium. Yeah, it was a great representation of uh, University of Iowa Athletics, the women's program, and you, know, you take advantage of, of their just amazing popularity. And once again, you tell Iowa fans about something, and they are going to do everything they can to attend. Uh, I, you know, I was hoping to get 40,000 people in there, and you get 55 and see that stadium almost full, and then see the wave. You know, at the end of the first quarter, that was, you know, that was just emotional. I mean, just a really cool, cool, cool win-win-win event, I mean, for everybody. Absolutely, yeah. And, and obviously, big expectations. That that's the other thing we learned this week with the uh, the Iowa women's basketball team. They're ranked third in both the AP and the coaches' polls. Uh, of course, projected to win the Big Ten. Uh, Caitlin Clark projected to be the Big Ten Player of the Year again. And uh, just a, a lot of excitement around this program. A lot of hype. They they seem to be embracing it. It's going to be really interesting to see how they go through this season. Uh, a sold out season at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Uh, they'll certainly trip up now and then. The, the Big Ten is always a good women's basketball league uh, but the uh, the expectations are there and then it feels like uh, everything's in place for Lisa Bluter and, and her team to uh, to do some special things again this winter and, and hopefully into next spring yeah you gotta hope so I mean last year was was a great run we got to find some uh, continued outside shooting and take some of the pressure off of uh, 
off of Caitlin, make sure that uh, somebody replaces Shizano's, you know, inside presence. It seems like we've got two or three uh, women that are capable of doing some good things inside. They've got to improve from where they were last year. But, you know, that, that's the whole thing. I mean, uh, Jan Jensen is there working with the, uh, with the women inside. And, you know, Caitlin and everybody else is going to work on shooting. Gabby Marshall plays great defense. Let's hope uh, the girl with the beautiful eyes can uh, keep, <laughs> shooting, keep shooting such a high percentage from three points and uh, not allow everybody to sag and, and cover uh, Caitlin. You know, somebody else, you've got to have that third scorer. And uh, I think I think I think we got you know some 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 uh, some women that can do that for us. So it should be a great season, a lot of fun. And uh, you know, when, when's the last time you you looked at the TV schedule and said, okay, I got to make sure I'm here for that. I got to make sure I'm here for that. Yeah. And oh, I'm going to keep Peacock. You know, I kept it. I, I got it for the two football games. Well, now I see that the women's basketball team is playing seven or eight games on Peacock. I think right. Yes. So uh, I'll I'll probably end up keeping it keeping it for the whole uh, for the winter. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, let, let's get back to football here, Joe, on the Hawkeye Nation radio show here, 106.3 KXNO and the Hawkeye Nation podcast network. Just a huge, huge win at Wisconsin on Saturday. Uh, Iowa improves the 6-1. and one. Uh, You know, looked good in most phases as they do. It was, the, it was the kind of game we expected a week ago when we talked about this. It's the kind of game I expect pretty much every week uh, moving through the rest of the season, at least, uh, at least through the regular season because of the type of teams Iowa's playing in the Big Ten West and because of the type of ball Iowa is is playing, uh, being forced to play, wants to play, whatever that is. But uh, the, the bottom line is, Joe, and I mentioned this earlier, it feels like a flip has switched, certainly here locally and within the fan base, uh, where we've now become to kind of embrace this. Uh, you know, uh, we of course would like a more potent offense and, and a, a passing game that would put up big numbers and, and to pair that with the defense we have and, and see what the, you know, where the ceiling is and the sky's the limit and all that. But in the situation we have now, with the injuries we have, with the the staff we have, with the the players we have, to be six and one to come out of that Wisconsin game with a win uh, is just is just fantastic. And I think at this point you just have to embrace it. Maybe just be in awe of it. Um, it it's been kind of fun this week for me, Joe, to watch the fact that like especially national media really has trouble wrapping their head around this Iowa team and the success that they're having. Yeah, they, it's like you just can't understand that that a team with a great defense and a team with great special teams, uh, you know, can 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 win six games and 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 you know play at this level and potentially potentially you know work their way you know up the ladder and and, and maybe get into into something wild and crazy, uh, you know, towards the end of the year. But, you know, I started college. I was a freshman in 1981 at the University of Iowa. The first game I went to, uh, we played Nebraska, all right? And everybody talked. I don't know Nebraska was a 30-point favorite, something like that. And they came into Kinnick, and we beat them 10-7. to Played exactly the way we played against Wisconsin. Reggie Roby was our punter. He and Torrey Taylor, very similar constantly we had great field position, right, or put them in bad field position and flip the field. Um, our defense was great, and frankly, our offense was not good at all, okay? We did not have very good offense that year. But everybody was so ecstatic. Our expectations were, you know, so low. We beat Nebraska that day. We went on to have a great season. We went to the Rose Bowl, and, and everybody was, you know, was happy, um, now we seem to have, I don't want to say spoiled fans, but I guess that's really the word I'm going to use is spoiled. 
Um, we've won so much the last seven or eight years, you know, since 2015, that they just expect it, and we should win and, and everything. And, you know, football's a very tough game. The other team has vast resources and great coaching, and, and they're trying to win too, right? And, and to expect us to, I don't know. I guess some of these fans are not happy until we dominate and, and beat somebody like Wisconsin, you know, 35 to nothing or something. That, that's not our team, and, and we should be incredibly happy. I don't care if you walk in there and get, uh, win the game three to two, you know. It's a win in Wisconsin, at Wisconsin, a win at Iowa State. Uh, tough to do. Be very, very happy about it. Celebrate it. And let's move on to the next week. And, you know, this team just, I love them. I think it's one of the best coaching jobs, you know, Kirk has done. Uh, Parker is obviously great. But these kids, they just find a way to win. And, uh, you know. I, I think it's awesome. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and, and you know, it's when you put some context around what this six and one is, and, and how Iowa is doing this, and especially with the the injury uh, situation that Iowa has found itself in that that Eric All injury uh, from early in the game against Wisconsin that that sucked. I, I was literally I was watching the game with my dad Joe, and uh, as Eric All caught that ball, I said out loud, "He's the only guy who can catch it. They need to just throw it to him all day." And he didn't get back up, and he tore his ACL. We learned that this week he is done for the season that's a terrible injury you feel bad for him uh, and you hope that he's able to rehab and, and and come back better but and and you appreciate what he's done in you know seven six six a little more than six games as an Iowa Hawkeye coming over here from Michigan along with Cade McNamara uh, was it was a big piece of that team especially with Luke Lachey out with an injury and again I'm starting to just name these guys who if you had said at the start of the season you're going to lose Cade McNamara in his first quarter of Big Ten play you're going to lose Luke Lachey for the season uh, although he's apparently possibly back for a bowl game, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But certainly done for the rest of the the regular season. You're going to then lose Eric All, who has been your your leading receiver and and kind of your go to guy. Um, not to mention, you know, losing Caleb Johnson for several games and Jazz Patterson, who may be back this week for several games, and having to rely on guys like Kamari Moulton in the running game. And you've had some injuries along the the, the offensive line. You've had some injuries. Uh, Wyatt Black now on the defensive line. Oh, plus Noah Shannon's been out for the entire season because of this gambling thing. If you had laid this all out in front of us in in August, Joe, I think we'd all say, "Oh, there's no way in hell this Hawkeye team's going to be six and one." And yet, here we are. Yeah, and, and and that's my entire point is, like, I think it's an amazing success story, and yet for whatever reason there's a certain component of our fan base that just wants to focus on Brian and this stupid 25-point contract, which, honestly, I, I'll be amazed if Beth gets our, our interim uh, AD doesn't just tear the thing up and move forward. I mean, come on. We're 6-1. We're and one. I, I wish she'd just publicly announce that that, that thing's – uh, out of the way, and we're not going to worry about it, and we're just focused on winning a game and playing well. You know, against a lot of odds. I mean, you know, you got to look at us. It's, I, I think we're just a great underdog story, you know, of the season in a lot of ways. Um, you know, like you went through all the injuries and and everything, and uh, yeah, if you just told me we'd be 6-1 and one and McNamara would be hurt, I said, no way. I think, in fact, our first show, I think we said that, hey, one of the keys to us having a decent season, decent season, you know, seven, eight wins, is keeping Cade McNamara healthy, all right? And, uh, you know, obviously we didn't do that. And now we're down to a second-string quarterback. You know, he he only played three games his high school season. 
Deacon Hill did. Only three games this high school season until California shut down their, their football season for COVID. And then he didn't play, you know, his freshman year in college at all. He only played a tiny bit uh, his, his second year in college. And, and here he is in a, in a totally new program at Iowa. He gets to go through spring practice. He got, he got quite a few reps and, and, and some reps in fall practice, and boom. All of a sudden, he's thrown into a game in front of 70,000 people. He's probably never played in front of 10,000 people before. And, and boom, you know, we're, we're expecting him to be, uh, you know, the next Roger Staubach, Joe Namus. I mean, come on. We got we to gotta just find a way to win. We're doing a great job of that. And everybody should be happy. Um, you know, if we, can score, if we can score 15, 20 points a game, our defense is, is probably going to give us a really good chance to win. And, and that's what we've been doing, right? A big play here, play there. Could be special teams, could be a running back, could be a pass play. And you know we've we've won uh, you know we won three straight and we're looking good. And and that defense, Joe. You know I, I think it's unrealistic to expect that defense to be as good as they were a year ago. But they've been fantastic these last few weeks. They've really come on. They they played really well. And you're right. It's getting to the point now where you score a touchdown and you feel like hey yeah I, th- I think we could probably win this game. Uh, Cooper DeGene, Sebastian Castro flying around making plays. That was a lot of fun to watch that that Iowa offense be elite on Saturday. Well, the defense, I mean, they're, they're, offensively and defensively, really there's been different players, you know, every week, every victory. I mean, uh, you know, Johnson takes it in for a long touchdown run. Last week, uh, Williams took it in for a long touchdown run. Uh, uh, all uh, made a really nice touchdown, a down catch against Purdue. I mean, there, there's been somebody, you've you, you had Cooper DeGene running back a punt, um, Castro, you know, all over the place these last couple of games. The Iowa State game, he runs it in, you know, gets a pick six. It just seems like there's a new player every week. I'm really hoping that Black is uh, number 94 is able to play or certainly not out for very long. Um, I thought he just had a great game. It's really every week has been really improving and playing good on our defensive line. So um, those are the things we need that we need to have, uh, you know, to – they have a chance to keep winning. It's 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 not going to be any of these. None of these games are going to be easy. No, you know, you you know, anywhere from a three to ten point victory. If we can if we can eke them out, we've got to keep getting breaks. We got to you know not hurt ourselves, not get penalties, um, and, and keep winning. Finding a way to win that turnover battle is huge for yes. us. Just absolutely huge. Along with Tory Taylor, don't forget him. I mean, he's <laughs> He's making it really hard on the opposing offenses. That helps our defense a ton, too. It does, and, and the way the two of those uh, work in conjunction, right, with Torrey Taylor being able to punt the ball down and, and stop it dead or you know have it bounce back and, and get that deep, uh, you pin them deep in there, and then have the defense kind of pin their ears back at that point, um, it, it's just it, it's so much fun to watch. Torrey Taylor, what a game he had. I mean, maybe his best game as a Hawkeye, and that's really saying something. Uh, you put it yeah. in, into, into context like this, he was co 
special teams player of the year of the week for the Big Ten. And the guy he was co with was a Penn State guy who returned two punts for touchdowns. So, I mean, has there ever been a week in Big Ten history where a guy returned two kicks for touchdowns and wasn't the sole uh, Big Ten special teams player of the week? He had to share that with Tory Taylor because his 10 punts and over 500 yards of punting uh, were so pivotal in that win. And then Drew Stevens and, and getting back to being perfect yeah. on that end. I mean, I was special teams. I heard PJ Fleck talk about it, and we'll, we'll preview the Minnesota game coming up here a little bit on the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on KXNO, but um, Iowa special teams are, are maybe, if anything, underrated in, in the impact that they have and how this team wins games. Yeah, special teams great. I mean, what's Stevens? He's missed a couple of field goals. He had one blocked and, uh, and pushed one, but, you know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a critical, none of those were critical misses. I mean, He's had a he's just had a great season. And once again, we're we're just not making you know many errors, with the exception of the Penn State game, where we had a lot of turnovers, we had a lot of errors, uh, weird things happened. Um, other than that, you know, this team has played very very well, pretty error free, and uh, you know we're looking we're looking good, and, and we're six and one. Yeah, come on, if you schedule at the beginning of the season. And once again, you go through the injuries. So I'll say, just say, hey, you're going to lose McNamara, but you're going to be six and one. People would have told you you're crazy. You know, I mean, they they laughed at us, right? And yet here we are. The rest of the season is is manageable. We should be at every one of these games, but people have got to lower their expectations a little bit yes. to win great games. Okay, <laughs> I mean, you just saw the Forty ers get beat, right? You saw yeah. the Cowboys get beat by the Cardinals. I mean, it is so hard to win. You know, six, seven, eight straight games, and, and, and people got to temper it a little bit and say, "Hey, you know, I, I'm hopeful we can." I'm really glad this game against Minnesota. We'll probably talk more about it in the next segment, but that this game is that canic. I think we need that extra day to be home, rest, uh, be there, have the fans going crazy. You know, Lisa and I'll be over there uh, Saturday at the North End Zone, and it is loud. And, you know, everybody's got to help this team and, and just get behind them and quit worrying about quit worrying about the 25 points and just find a way to score one more point than the other team scores. You know, I think that's a great point. My, my go-to line this week has kind of been, uh, I think Iowa is, well, I know Iowa is good enough to win any of the next five games. I don't think they're good enough to win all five because of exactly what you just laid out. Winning that many games in a row is just such a tall task. It rarely happens at any level of football, uh, let alone with with the injuries that, that Iowa plays. And, and the fact that I expect most of these games to be one possession games and be decided by that one or two big play, uh, those one or two big plays that that'll happen in the course of a game. But even without that, Joe, Iowa now has a hold of the Big Ten West because you've now got the tiebreaker over Wisconsin. I think you assume Wisconsin is going to lose to Ohio State, but now with their quarterback uh, breaking his hand, he had surgery Sunday after the game against Iowa. You wonder, can they really run the table outside of that Ohio State game, or is there another loss on their schedule as well? And if that's the case, that improves or that that makes Iowa's uh, you know margin fair even that much greater. So as we sit here today, Iowa probably only needs to go four and one in its final five games to get to the Big Ten championship, and maybe only needs to go three and two to do that. And I think when you look at this schedule, that that's that's certainly doable. And so it feels like as we sit here halfway through the season. Uh, uh, like, like we should probably be starting to make plans for Indianapolis at, at the beginning of December. Yeah, I think so. I think obviously, you know, you look at this game coming up, and if Minnesota were able to find a way to win, 
Uh, then all of a sudden they got the tiebreaker against us, and we're kind of tied with each other. I, and they, they've got a tougher schedule coming down the stretch. Uh, Nebraska is actually a team that has an easy schedule mm-hmm. stretch, and that could come down to the very last game like it did last year. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I hate to see that, and I don't think that would happen. But there's a whole bunch of scenarios. Right now it's just got to be one game at a time. We need to find a way. Uh, to go in uh, on Saturday at Kinnick and, and just find a way with special teams, whether it's field goals, whether it's punting, whether it's running, whatever, to beat Minnesota. And, uh, and you know, then that kind of eliminates Minnesota out of the thing. And then the next week, you, you just got to keep going along. And, and once we get to November, it's like, okay, you know, let's, just, let, let's get a win on Saturday, get to the bye week. I think, I think, team is you know kind of exhausted they, they divide the season up into almost two parts right and they say okay here's the first season it's a eight it's eight games and that'll end on saturday and then we get a bye week we get two weeks off get some guys healthy get some guys refreshed really work with deacon hill in the passing game i would hope uh, <laughs> a lot and come up with some new uh some new strategies some new schemes some new plays and uh and then you know uh, we, we got four left, and and see what happens from there. Yeah, but I think you're exactly right. This buy couldn't come sooner. Uh, Iowa needs this buy, uh, as you just said, to, to get healthy. Uh, and then, yeah, maybe work on some scheme with Deacon Hill. Maybe work on some more chemistry. Maybe figure some things out. Uh, rewrite some of this. Re, you know, go back to the drawing board with some of this stuff, and and try to get a little bit more. Uh, out of your passing game. But if you're going to run for 200 yards, you don't need a whole lot out of your passing game. Iowa just won at Wisconsin by nine points without throwing the ball in the final 19 minutes. And so uh, if you can do something like that, if you have the defense and special teams that Iowa has, um, maybe you're, maybe you're going to be okay. He's Joe Schmoka. I'm Andrew Downs. This is the HawkeyeNation.com radio show on 106.3 KXNO. If you missed any of it, check it out on the HawkeyeNation.com podcast page or just search wherever you get your podcasts. Search for Hawkeye Nation. Uh, that's where you're going to find us each and every week here. And a heck of a lot more going on. We got it all covered at HawkeyeNation.com, uh, the granddaddy of all Hawkeye websites. So check that out as well. When we come back, we're going to turn our attention to this Minnesota game, the battle for Floyd of Rosedale, P.J. Fleck versus Kirk Ferentz. Uh, it's always fun. It's always interesting. It's been a great series, uh, although Iowa has certainly dominated over the last decade or so. We'll get into that and a whole lot more. It is the HawkeyeNation.com radio show, 106.3 KXNO. Back in Black on the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on 106.3 Cakes. No Andrew Downs along with you. And my guest today covers Minnesota for the Star Tribune in Minneapolis. It's Randy Johnson. Randy, thanks for the time again. Oh, no problem. Before we get to the specifics of this week's game, P.J. Fleck now 0-6 against Iowa in his gopher tenure. It's eight in a row for the Hawkeyes altogether with some really close games in that time. How important is it for Fleck to finally win this game? Oh, it, it's important in several reasons. Uh, you know, one, just to get the season back on track. Uh, but, yeah, the, the other thing is to get that monkey office back with, with, with Iowa. You know, they've, they've done a good job recently in uh, uh, getting the, the, the Paul Bunyan's Axe Trophy from Wisconsin, won the, the last two in a row and three of the last five. But they haven't uh, broken through and gotten Floyd back up in Minneapolis. And, uh, and it's been, you know, some really interesting uh, um, situations where they've, you know, frankly, probably outplayed Iowa in the last two years, but didn't come away with the wins. And just looking at some of the stats, 
over the last two years, they, they outrushed them 501 to 130. But Iowa still so the, still got to keep that hog. Iowa just finds ways to win games like that. And you mentioned a yep. year ago, uh, Muhammad Ibrahim rushed for 263 yards against the Hawkeyes. And, and it's welcome news to Hawkeye fans that, that he's no longer on the team. But Darius Taylor had a great start to the season. Is, is he expected to be back? And then how does the gopher running game look as a whole this season? Uh, yeah, Darius Taylor, you know, it, it, it'll be a game time, you know, notification if we know or not. But, uh, you know, it, it signs are kind of pointing to, to him. He, it looked like he wasn't that far off a couple weeks ago against Michigan. But, it, you know, it made sense that, to uh, keep him sidelined and give him some more time to heal. Um, yeah, so I, I would expect him to play. But, you know, we won't know until that, that, that Big Ten availability report is, is, is released two hours before the game. Uh, otherwise, uh, the Gophers' run game has been, you know, has been decent this year. Uh, uh, they uh, they struggled a little bit in the opener. Uh, they they turned to Darius Taylor in the second game, and he, he uh, showed up pretty pretty well. Uh, and then uh, when he went out, uh, uh, redshirt freshman Zach Evans has rushed pretty well. So uh, it, they're kind of going by committee. With they got senior Bryce Williams, uh, who's you know they they they've trusted him quite a bit. He's probably not the uh, Explosive runner that those the two freshmen are, but uh, they've they've trusted him in key situations. And then there's a they have a, a uh, transfer from Western Michigan and Sean Tyler who's who's seen some carries also. Quarterback Callie McManus is a guy that that we've seen. Uh, he's been a bit turnover prone. Six interceptions this season. Uh, how big a threat is that Gopher passing game? It you know kind of depends on how much they decide to use it. That's that's kind of been the uh, the situation. Um, he had a, a couple pretty good games against Northwestern and then Louisiana. He was very accurate in those games, uh, 26 of 33 combined in those two. Yeah, but he's, he's had some issues against the, against the better teams, against North Carolina, and then against Michigan where he had the, the two uh, pick sixes uh, against the Wolverines. The defense has uh, has given up a lot of points and losses, but they've looked pretty good in some of those wins. Uh, what players or position groups are, are the strength on that side of the ball? Oh, you, you look at you look at the uh, the secondary and you look at Tyler Newman, but you know one of the better safeties in the Big Ten, if not the country. Uh, he, he's having a pretty good year. He can be a, a big time difference maker, as we saw against Nebraska with the two interceptions and the second one that set up uh, the the winning field goal. Um, yeah, he, he's he's a big time player. Um, you know, they got a good, pretty good cornerback in Justin Wally. Um, they, they've been uh, getting um, getting a better pass rush this, this year. Kyler Baugh. Uh, a transfer. Um, he, he's done a good job. He's put some heat on the quarterback from from the uh, from the defensive tackles position. Um, uh, Danny Strigow, a defensive end, has, has been a been a pretty good player for them too. On, on putting heat on the quarterback. PJ Flex said it earlier this week, Randy. Iowa special teams are, if anything, underrated for their impact on the Hawkeyes' ability to win some of these games. How does Minnesota stack up in that third phase? Well, they stack up pretty well in the kicking game in uh, Dragan Kesic, who's who's been pretty consistent for them, and can he's got a big leg and he he can hit the long one. He he uh, had the walk off field goal against Nebraska uh, to win that game. Um, you know, and he's routinely puts the uh, puts his kickoffs through the end zone for touchbacks. Um, after that, they're, they've been a little bit more of a mixed bag. Uh, the punting, you know, isn't obviously at the level of Tory Taylor that we uh, the Gophers have an Australian here. In uh, Mark Crawford, um, uh, you know, it's kind of work in progress that in the return game. 
I was going to try and play the type of football game that, that they played forever, and we mentioned it earlier. You know, you, you the, the stats the last couple of years have certainly been in Minnesota's favor, but Iowa has found a way to win. They do that by winning the turnover battle, winning on those special teams, keeping the score low, finding a way to make the, those one or two big plays that end up determining the outcome. Is Minnesota good enough in the margins to play and win that style of game Saturday? Ah, well, find out. Uh, you know, they, they have to play better than they have so far. I don't really feel they put together a complete game yet. Um, you know, the one thing, how to beat Iowa, you got to score touchdowns. And uh, that's where the Gophers early in the season had a little bit more trouble uh, getting into the red zone uh, and, 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 and converting those into touchdowns. Uh, if they can do that against Iowa, they have a pretty good chance to win. I, I you know, I think it'd be a, it'll be a tight game as always. You know, if you can, you know, flip one of those big plays your way instead of having it go in the opponent's way, you have a much better chance to win. I was in need of a bye week, pretty beaten up right now. They they will get that after this game, but Minnesota coming off that bye, how, how big of an advantage does that give the Gophers in your mind? Well, it depends on who who all they get back from injury. Um, you know, if you get Darius Taylor back, that'll 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 be a nice nice bonus for them. The one guy they really need to get back on defense is linebacker Cody Lindenberg, uh, who has not played yet this season. He was their uh, leading returning tackler from last year. You know, pretty pretty good uh, leader on defense, uh, and he's got some pretty good speed too. So he, he's they've struggled a bit at linebacker without him in there. And if they can get him back, um, you know, that would be a big boost. He is Randy Johnson. You can check out his work at the Star Tribune and follow him on Twitter at RJS Trib. Randy, as always, thank you so much for the time. Enjoy the trip down this weekend and uh, enjoy the game. Okay, sounds good. There it is. I'm sure Minnesota's confident that if uh, if they just come in and don't make mistakes and, and play their game, they can finally beat this Iowa team. But this is how Iowa plays. It's uh, it's Groundhog Day on the good side for the Hawkeyes right now. Right, the the good part where you're 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 finding ways to win and it's over and over and. Um, yeah, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think I was good enough to win any of these games. I'm not sure they're good enough to win all of them. Uh, will this be the the week that trips them up? I I don't think so. Uh, you're at home. I don't really believe in the emotional letdown after that big win uh, at Wisconsin. And it seems like Iowa and Kirk Ferentz really like beating PJ Fleck. And and if Kirk Ferentz is putting a little extra stink on things this weekend. Uh, or this week for this weekend, maybe maybe that provides the difference. You don't have Jack Campbell to save the day this year, but you've got other guys on that defense, and uh, and who knows? The Hawkeyes say that their their passing game is close, and they just need it to click, and maybe that click happens this Saturday. I don't expect that, but I do expect Iowa uh, to find a way to win another one possession, close, hard fought game. When we come back here on the HawkeyeNation.com radio show on 106.3 KXNO, Joe Schmelke will rejoin me. We'll turn our attention to this game as well. It's all coming up next right here on the HawkeyeNation.com radio show, 106.3 KXNO. Here on the HawkeyeNation.com radio show, 106.3 KXNO and the Hawkeye Nation podcast network. If you missed any of the first segment, uh, check us out at that uh, HawkeyeNation.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Joe Schmelka and Andrew Downs, we broke down the win over Wisconsin and uh, and, and how much we're kind of enjoying that, that other people can't wrap their head around how this Hawkeye team is 6-1 uh, and one with all the injuries they've dealt with, all the uh, the lack of a passing game or uh, of, of a dominant passing game. Um, but this, this team 
team just just keeps finding ways to do it. And Joe, it's a it's a big one on Saturday for them to continue to do that. This is a Minnesota team that has struggled at times, has looked decent at times. Uh, they've given up a lot of points in their losses, but you don't expect Iowa to put up a big number on the scoreboard. This is probably going to be as we've talked about. You know, it's Groundhog Day a little bit here, right? Uh, the same game week in and week out. Low scoring, uh, turnovers are going to be important, special teams are going to be important. Uh, it, it's just who can make that one or two, those one or two big plays. Can Iowa break another long run? Uh, can, can Iowa's defense give the offense a short field? Um, this has been a, a heck of a series, even though Iowa has won eight in a row. A lot of these games, and if you remember last year, Jack Campbell got a couple of uh, turnovers late in that game that, that really changed things because Minnesota outgained Iowa like almost double a year ago. Uh, Mo Ibrahim, who's not on the team anymore, thankfully. That's a guy you don't want to see across the line. He, re- he rushed yeah. for 263 yards against Iowa a year ago, and somehow Iowa found a way to win that game. It, it just feels like it's going to be another one of those games, Joe. Yeah, I, 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 I'm worried about two things with this game. One, Minnesota is coming off a bye week, so they're going to be very rested. They're going to have some new wrinkles. Uh, Fleck, you know, for I think all of his coaching uh, uh, errors that he makes in games, he loses a ton of close games. Um, you know, he, he, he just he just makes errors, I think, in, in, in during the game. But, you know, they're coming off a bye week. Uh, they got a lot of good things going there. Um, second thing is, you know, Hawkeye's, that was an emotional high Saturday, okay? Uh, I, I don't think anybody thought we could win. We were 10-point underdogs. And, you know, once our quarterback got knocked out in particular, we really controlled the game, okay? And uh, we didn't have to throw in the fourth quarter. You know, my son, I, I was arguing with my son, Jared, about it. I said, we didn't need to score any more points. We, didn't, we, we only had 37 yards passing. We didn't need another yard passing. Really, we ran the ball pretty good even in the fourth quarter. Uh, we ran the clock down. We did the things we needed to do to win. And if this team could run, you know, you don't have to expose the weakness and the inexperience and uh, the limitations of our passing game. Uh, you know, Deacon is is very inexperienced, okay? He's, he's going to make more errors, so he's going to make big plays if we have to throw the ball, you know, 30 times in a game, okay? We don't want to get to a point where we got to throw the ball 30 times in a game. Right? That That is not our strength. All right. The problem with Minnesota is they are very good against the run, and they're going to even focus more on the run. So, you know, at some point in time, Deacon's going to have to come out, and he's going to have to play pretty well, and he's going to have to make more of those. Like that pass he made against Purdue. Yeah. Uh, very call. Great play call by Brian. Great scheme. Great setup. Everything was fabulous about that. I, I, I don't think we can get by with, you know, just one big play offensively, okay? I think we got to have. I think we got to start having you know two or three big plays offensively, and our defense and our special teams will take care uh, of the other things. But the offense has has progressed quite a bit in that we can run the ball. We ran the ball for over two hundred yards, and Wisconsin's a good team. They're a good defense, okay? Uh, it, it's not like they're a bunch of slouches or something. Um, so we are able to run the ball better. Um, it seems like we've really settled in on the new uh, offensive line. Richmond, Fife, uh, our center, and uh, uh, Connor, it looks like Colby's starting yeah. over there at guard, and uh, Rusty over at, uh, at tackle. It just seems like we're able to run the ball, you know, um, even when they know we're going to run the ball a lot of times, particularly in that fourth quarter. 
uh, last week. So, you know, but, th- but those are the things. I'm concerned about Minnesota with the bye week, and then I'm really concerned about the Hawkeyes. That's just an emotional high, and you got to come down off it, and you got to get off it quick, and you got to turn around, and you got to be ready to play. Huge, huge benefit that we're playing this game at home on Saturday, and I think that'll be the difference. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You're exactly right. That 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 home field advantage is so big. Um, Minnesota coming off that bye, that's worrisome. The the emotional letdown that, that you talked about that that is worrisome. Um, it does seem like Iowa could run the ball, and, and you know, as you said, Minnesota's going to put 10 guys in that box. They're going to try to stop that run. This gap scheme blocking seems to be doing a little better than the zone scheme did, uh, and, and so that's helpful. And, and you, you hope that you've got some healthy running backs back there, along with LaShawn Williams, you know, Caleb Johnson, and, uh, and a potentially Jazz Patterson who will, who will come in and play. Uh, the depth at running back has just been fantastic to see. And, and what you said is exactly right with, with Deacon Hill. He's clearly been told, don't lose these games, right? I mean, he, he is, he's taking sacks. He's throwing the ball where nobody else can catch it. Uh, he's, he's not going to he, – he's trying very hard to not screw this up and, and lose a game. But he is going to make mistakes. Uh, it would be nice to see him come through and, and make one, one or two of those throws that, that we've seen he's capable of making. And, and maybe, you know, you, you knock the top off of a defense one time and they have to back up a little bit, and that, that helps your running game go a little bit. Uh, defensively, I, I like – Iowa obviously here, and especially because uh, Minnesota's quarterback, Callie McManus, is, is, is interception prone. He's thrown, I think, at least one pick in each of the last three games, uh, threw a couple in a game earlier this year, and and doesn't seem to be real careful with the ball. And against a team like Iowa, uh, these cornerbacks, th- this defensive backfield, and that Kinnick crowd, they just love going after the ball, man. Uh, I, I think you're going to see a couple of big plays out of this defensive secondary that'll uh, probably be decisive in this game yeah i, I think we got to have him i i, I really think we got to win the turnover battle i think castro's got to keep pounding people and, and snagging some interceptions i think wampa needs to make a big play he's so athletic he's so rangy um he just you know just missed on an interception the other night and dejean is uh, you know he's he's always ready to uh, he's cat quick and he's just, he's just ready to make a play, but we got to have him make those plays. Okay. Um, they gotta, I hate sound, but the defense has got to really help the offense and special teams has really got to help the defense. And, and then of course, when we get down there for whatever reason, we get a short field. Hey, you know, we don't have to take it 50 yards in for a touchdown all the time you want to, but we, we've got to go down there and when points are available, we got to kick the field goal and, and, uh, all of a sudden, you know, get, Get a certain number of points, and and our defense is is going to probably lock them down. I, I can't imagine this being a high scoring game in any way. Like you said, I mean, their offense isn't that good. Uh, their quarterback is mistake prone. Um, our offense isn't that good. <laughs> uh, you know, their run their run defense is good. Um, I really think it's going to come down to field position where we should have a big advantage. Taylor has a big night or a big afternoon and, uh, you know, make a bunch of uh, some field goals and hopefully have a couple, three or four big plays. And, you know, once again, I, I think all we got to do, Andrew, in a game like this and a lot of the games coming up, we can get to 17 points. I think we're going to win these games. And we got to find a way offensively, special teams, defensively, to get to 17 points. P.J. Fleck is 0-7 in his career against Iowa. One of those was at Western Michigan, and six of those now in a row at at, uh, at Minnesota. Um, 
we talk about the emotional letdown potential for Iowa. I do think that that some of that is mitigated by the fact that Kirk Ferentz clearly likes to beat P.J. Fleck. And not not that he doesn't like him as a person or anything like that, but uh, he obviously, there's a few coaches that Kirk, I think, uh, has, has made it clear that uh, you know, maybe he doesn't like the new age style, the way they handle themselves, whatever that is. But a, a couple of years ago, up in Minneapolis, when I was, you know, called those timeouts at the end of the game, and Kirk gave his his Godfather quote of, "Yeah, we decided we'd uh, we take the trophy and leave the timeouts." Um, Kirk doesn't do stuff like that very often. He, he's not. He's never going to come out and say anything real demonstrative. But he 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 has these little moments, and I think uh, the last few years you can see some of those moments when he's talking about PJ Fleck. Uh, I, I think that emotional boost for Iowa uh, is certainly a factor here as well. Well, I, I yeah, Kirk doesn't Kirk doesn't like the coaches that uh, put themselves in a little flamboyant yes. put themselves. Out. For the team, and you know, Fleck does a bunch of that crazy stuff, and he's running, and he's dressed a certain way, and he talks a certain way, you know, all this kind of, kind of whatever. And I also think, you know, there's obviously some recruiting battles going on between Iowa and Minnesota. Definitely, and all that kind of stuff gets back to well, here's what the Minnesota coaches said, and Kirk doesn't like that. That stuff. I don't think anybody likes it. You know, but but I but I think the Minnesota coaches, uh, you know, they uh, they twist some things around an awful lot, and uh, I think I think Kirk Kirk knows what's going on, and and of course they're just a natural rival. Okay, this is a long term, big natural rival. I mean, you know, there are a lot of people that care less whether we beat Iowa State or or some of these other teams. They want to beat Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota was our hated you know rival back in the day for sure, and and they still are. But uh, you know, Floyd Floyd's a big trophy to have. Uh we love having him. Kirk, I think you're exactly right. He does really enjoy beating Fleck. <laughs> and we all enjoy, and we all enjoy beating Minnesota. Yes, we so. do. Uh all right, Joe, the music's about to push us out here, so it's prediction time. What do you think happens Saturday afternoon at Kinnick Stadium? Uh, I think it's gonna be like seventeen to nine. I, I think Minnesota gets the field goals, but I, I, I don't see them uh, getting into the end zone against us. Um, I think a big key here is, uh, so obviously I say it every weekend, winning the turnover battle, being able to run for 100, 150 yards, and, uh, you know, just just get a lead. I think that's the biggest thing. When we get a lead, we play really well. I'm worried about this team when they have to play from behind. Yes. We do not into a game where we got to catch up and, you know, be down two possessions. That's not us. That's not who we are. And that would be tough for us. I like it. I'm going to go a little more. I'm going to say 24-10 Hawkeyes. I'm going to I think something's going to happen, whether it's a, you know, special teams defensive. I think, I think I was going to find the end zone more often than, uh, than most people think, but uh, we both have the Hawkeyes improving to a uh, seven and one. And uh, we'll be back a week from now to talk about that and, uh, and look ahead to the bye week and, and everything else going on. Uh, Uh, You can check out everything at HawkeyeNation.com. If you missed any of this show, it's up there at HawkeyeNation.com on the podcast page or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We have it all covered from all angles, and especially as we're heading to basketball season, it's a busy, busy time in Hawkeye Nation, and we have it all at HawkeyeNation.com. For Joe Schmelka, I'm Andrew Downs. This has been the Hawkeye Nation radio show. Thank you for listening, and go Hawks. Go Hawks.